Rio Grange lives in a small town of Haley, Idaho, with her husband and three children, where they appreciate the slower pace and beautiful mountain community. In the spring of 2018, she founded Work and Wonder, where her devotion to God meets her passion for design. Weaving together her roles as mother, artist, and business owner has been a beautifully chaotic journey full of countless lessons learned and tender mercies along the way. Today, Rio and I get to have a chat all about her why behind Work and Wonder, how she feels God nudged her to really start this work, and how the gospel has helped her deal with real-life challenges, including losing her dad to suicide, and how she's now honoring his memory with a beautiful table book just in time for Father's Day. This interview really left me feeling spiritually full to the brim, and I hope it does for you, too. Rio, I am so excited to talk to you today. So excited to hear about your new project and just talk to you about all the wonderful things that you do on the internet. But can you and and in person and your real books that you hold and touch and change people's lives with, but can you just give me, <laughs> give, give my audience a little bit of background in case they haven't heard of you or Work and Wonder yet? Yes, of course. Oh, I'm so excited. The timing of this worked out perfect. Um, yeah, so my name is Rio Grange and I started Work and Wonder, oh gosh, it's been like four and a half years now, which is crazy. But we, it really just started with somehow a way to combine my two, some of my two greatest passions in life. And that was graphic design. I went to school for that and my passion for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I just always... I had such a passion for both those two things. And I thought if there was a way I could bring them together, I think I would be happy for a long time. And so I saw a little bit of a need, especially in the realm of general conference, the semi-annual conference yes. that the church puts mm-hmm. on. And I was like, gosh, there's an opportunity there. It sneaks up us up on us every six months. And I thought, what if, what if we started with a workbook, you know, that made it exciting to look forward to, had beautiful artwork throughout. And when we had such a great response to those, it just kind of got the ball rolling of like, what else can we make that holds such beautiful content and points us to Christ that is also complementary of the aesthetic in our homes and the styles that we love and the colors and designs that feel very timeless. And so that's, that was kind of where it started. And now we're so grateful to just have so much more than a conference workbook. We have journals now and we will soon have a table book. We have a quarterly magazine. So we obviously love tangible things, which is a big thing yes. that we do. It's not yes. an easy industry, but we love it because it just, it's something that you can touch and hold. And if it sits out in your home, we believe it's a beautiful reminder to turn back to God more often than you might if those things are tucked away in a bookshelf somewhere. But if they're pretty enough to have out, we mm-hmm. believe that makes a difference. So true. And everything that you do is beyond beautiful, like not enough words to describe how just I open those pages and I'm, it takes my breath away every time I see something new that you guys have created because they're always just beyond anything I would ever imagine. So beautiful. And they just capture so perfectly what I feel when I'm listening to those talks in general conference Mm -hmm. and a really, like you said, a a place that I can write, but then also want to have out and look at something Mm -hmm. that's, it's just been a really meaningful thing for me. And so I, I have so many questions for you, but first (laughs) I feel like there might be 
a story of, was there like a moment where you felt like, oh, I finally know this is the thing I'm supposed to do? Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) There was a moment. It's so funny. I would trace it back to, I toyed with it for a long time, whether or not I pursue kind of the whole business side of it. I knew like I, I wanted to do something for myself or maybe a hobby, but I was very nervous to pursue the actual business side of it and whether or not I take that risk. Because as a young mom, I had just had my second baby and I was like, it doesn't really seem like now is the greatest time (laughs) to venture Mm -hmm. into that world. I had actually been really prayerful about it and made the decision to not pursue it. And Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what, it might just not be the right chapter for me. And I, that I kind of had made that decision. And I, I won't say that it necessarily felt right in that moment, but I, I needed to just make a decision. And so I sat with that decision for no more than like 24 hours. And then something came in the mail that I had completely forgotten that I had ordered. And it was a little card set that I had made for a vision board for, I guess, just my life in general. I don't even have any of the images except for one. And I had made the Work and Wonder logo and it's since changed, but I had made that logo to put on my vision board. And when that came in the mail, I was just like, oh my gosh, no, this has to happen now. I changed my mind. And, and ever since it's felt like, the right decision. And it's, it's funny because at times I question it, but I have to go back and lean on that because sometimes I feel like I did it backwards. <laughs> like I should have done it when my kids were out of school and I had a little bit more time on my hands, but sometimes the Lord's timing doesn't make sense right away, but yep. it does now just seeing what we have been able to create in the lives that it's been able to touch and bless is like, okay, it's been tough. It hasn't made sense the whole way through, but the bigger picture just fell into place. And so it's hard because sometimes you make those decisions and you step into the dark and you're just like, I just don't Mm -hmm. know. But that one felt right when I got that little reminder back in the mail of, I think it is supposed to be a thing. So it's now. Well, it really stood out to me too, when you said that sometimes you forget and you need to go back to that moment, because I Mm -hmm. feel like that happens to everyone where you'll have a really peaceful or really powerful moment where you know what you're supposed to do. But then, you know, Satan comes in and tries to give you, you know, some doubt or, oh, did I really feel that? Or is this really the right Mm -hmm. thing? So that's so important to have those touch points to go back to and to be able to say, no, I really did feel this. And I mean, what a cool story, too, that it just sounds like it was meant to be that that card showed up right when you needed that little nudge. Yep. Like you said, within 24 <laughs> hours, right? Yeah, it was crazy. That's why I really couldn't deny it. It was just kind of like, oh gosh, you had that, you had that prick. And it was like, okay, I can't deny that anymore. But you're so right. The adversary does creep in and he uses your own dialogue against you, it feels like. Yeah. And so you believe it. It's easily to, it, it sways you pretty quick. But until just want to push away the things that you felt so strongly about, you know? Yes. Exactly. So I wanted to ask you too, with your magazine. So I went to a keynote speech once that Joanna Keynes gave, and she talked about how so many people tried to tell her not to do a magazine and tried Mm -hmm. to tell her that if she did a magazine, she would need to just fill it with ads, like, you know, two thirds of it or three fourths of it or something just absolutely crazy like that needed to be ads. And that it was a dying industry and that she just did it anyway because she felt compelled to do it and it's been so successful. And it seems like it's that way for you guys too, that the magazine is just absolutely beloved by your community. So can you tell me what led you to decide 
to do that? Yes. Um, that's so funny you say that. Cause I would say Joanna and the Magnolia journal is for sure our number one <laughs> inspiration because she is one of the few that does it without a total bombardment of ads and the wholesome content within was just really inspiring. And I was like, okay, if we can do something similar that gets very specific to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I think people would love it. And it's funny you bring it up because this was another one of those ideas that I toyed around and I was told the exact same thing where it was just like, print is dead, magazines are not going to be your moneymaker. And, and it's just, it is, it's a lost, it's a lost art a little bit. And yeah, I, but when I looked closer at it and when I talked to a lot of people, there were still those that were craving the tangible and the beauty in the tangible and, and especially content that filled them. And it was, it just felt like a feast for the soul. And mm-hmm. so I thought for me, it's worth a try. And I also have to recognize I was grateful that the workbooks were doing well enough that I could fund something like this because I had to know from the beginning that it wasn't going to be a major revenue driver for my business. And I had to recognize like the my big driver then is the content in people's homes that looks beautiful on their coffee table that maybe will strike up a conversation with someone that isn't a member or is more curious or loves and knows God, but not in this way. And so it was, that was, that became the driving motivator was not the money and not the business side of it, but displaying such beautiful and timeless truths in a way that these other beautiful home and living and lifestyle magazines do but the content just had such a deeper purpose to it. So for the same, (laughs) same hurdles, for sure. We, we ran into, but we took the leap of faith. It was actually that year, the bicentennial when the church was celebrating the restoration. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was our first issue. So it felt that was when we decided to jump in because it felt like we had the first theme already Mm -hmm. done. And it was like, you know what? I think we celebrate with them and do it this way. And we're so glad that we did because it feels endless what you can include and the different topics. And, and the other thing I'll say too, is that we wanted to come at it with taking the pressure off of ourselves mostly, but to make it feel very community written and created. And so uh, we're getting more and more submissions as time goes on that eventually I hope it's all submission based and you get to look for your friends' names in there and your friends' artwork and it feels very community created so that it's kind of the story of all of us and the testimony of all of us done collectively. Yeah. Well, speaking of community, you've done an incredible job creating a community, which is I like when I was introducing you, I know that you do all the tangible things, but One of the things I think of when I think of you is your super powerful community and these prep sessions that you do. I don't know what you call them, but Mm -hmm. when you are prepping everyone to be spiritually ready for general conference and to have your heart open and to be thinking about what you need answers on. And it seems like that community that you've built is really a huge part of what you guys do. So can you talk about how that also like how that has come to be and, and not just like, you know, how you gained followers, but more like, how did you make that such a special place and actually bring people together? 
That is such a great question. And I'm glad you bring it up because it is something that I am constantly weighing because it feels like the industry or even just the world of social media will try to tell you, you kind of have to choose one. You either are a product focused business and you become very heavy on advertising and sharing products and talk about them and it's all marketing or you have a content-based business and it's very community driven and you have high engagement. And so I struggled for a long time feeling like I needed to choose. And every time I tried to, I just felt I can't let go of one or the other. I don't want to just do products. I want people to feel like there is a beating heart here behind it. Mm. And I don't want to just be content because I believe that there's products that are out there that I want to see come to life in the world it's not easy to do both for sure. And it kind of doubles our workload, if you will. And I'm sure. And, but it's something, yeah, but it's something that I'm so passionate about because I am grateful and believe that because I have been more willing to share a little bit more of my story and my personal life in, in partner with the products, it gives them a beating heart and it gives them such a personality and a reason behind we do what we do that it something about it is working. And I'm so grateful for that because I think in something like the gospel of Jesus Christ, it feels good to be in good company while you are navigating all of the tricky roads because it isn't an easy path, but we believe it's the one to the greatest happiness. But that doesn't mean that it is always easy to navigate and that it isn't always easy to keep those spiritual practices and rhythms consistent. And I have just learned that it's funny because in the beginning I would show up for them, you know, in my vulnerability and authenticity and share what's hard. And I have since learned that every time I do that, I'm the one that walks away feeling so lifted by my community. Mm -hmm. And it makes me emotional to think about because I forget that when we choose to open up and when we choose to share the hard and those moments that aren't as pretty, we learn that it's just so what everyone else is experiencing. And I believe that it strengthens us to keep going if we do it in a positive light. And I've been so impressed with the members of our community. It has been so positive and uplifting and we haven't run into those topics that get heated because there's been so much love in the comments and in the shares and an understanding that we're all trying our best and we're all coming from different places. And I'm grateful for that. And I can't fully take credit because I feel like it's the community members that have created that. And it's something I absolutely don't want to let go, which is why we keep doing those conference prep weeks and why we continue to do our weekly study of general conference talks. Like that takes a lot out of me. But yeah. it's something that ties me back to the community where it feels like we're studying together and we're learning together and we're just trying to walk each other home together. And it, mm -hmm. I don't want to let that go. It feels good. Yeah. What a beautiful way to describe that a beating heart. I love mm -hmm. how you described that because it it's so true. And it makes me think also of how we try to really approach our business and our, our community as thinking about individuals and like each person mm -hmm. that is giving even a fraction of their time in their day to me or to whatever we're putting out. And I want it to feel individual every time. And so the beating heart thing and what you're saying just really speaks to me because that 
that's such a big deal to me to make sure that each person feels like a person, you know, when they're interacting. Oh, I love the way. So I love that. But you, so you said a little bit about how you've shared some hard things and opened up and I've witnessed that and just always been really touched by that too. Um, What would you say was like the biggest thing that prepared you in life to be able to speak to that or understand people's struggles or have compassion for others who are going through hard things? That is such a good question. I haven't been asked that before and I'm not sure what it is. I wonder for whatever reason, this is what came to mind. Um, I'm the oldest of five kids. And Mm -hmm. so I, I think there's been something to be said for relating to my younger siblings and having to be or getting to be, (laughs) it used to be Mm -hmm. a have to, now I feel like it's a get to getting to be the first one in every phase of life, pretty much. And having to be the first one to walk certain paths and then to turn around and kind of choose to be vulnerable about what I had learned with something, even if it was just simple things like college or dating or whatever it is. But I found that those close sibling relationships are everything. And I found that it only happened when I chose to kind of be more open to what I was experiencing. And I think too, what maybe sparked it as far as sharing on social media, because I had shared a little bit here and there of just kind of your classic young mom, busy struggles. Mm -hmm. I think I would say though, more recently in sharing and getting more vulnerable of just what I'm personally going through in my life probably started a lot of what I have experienced with my dad and the relationship I have with him because my dad was one of those men that was so well-loved and I had a beautiful childhood with him and I so appreciated the way he raised us and what he taught us. But as a few years ago, it started to come to light the double life he was living. And unfortunately he was very good at building this house of cards that we were unaware of. And the more that that was brought to our attention, the harder it was to hold on to what he had taught us and how he had raised us. And it started to contradict itself. And so there was a huge complex relationship that I was navigating. And when it, when a serious kind of accusation came to light regarding him, it drew the line in the sand and and we had to set the boundary essentially of cutting ties because it was, it was became unacceptable and and very difficult to move forward with a relationship with him. And it was heart-wrenching because I didn't have one of those fathers that was estranged. Like he was very much in my life and I adore all that he did for us. And the way the story ended was unfortunate and tragic in that his, the web that he kind of created for himself in that house of cards collapsed and he was exposed and it was more than he could bear. And as much as we tried so hard to kind of preach what he taught us, that repentance was real and that you can't escape the bounds of his love and that he could start anew. It was too daunting. I unfortunately just almost two years ago lost him to suicide and it's been, it's been so complex that sharing that piece of his story and how it interacts with my story 
I completely underestimated how many people would have such similar experiences. And that was shocking to me because I, for the longest time for years that we were navigating this, I thought this is so incredibly unique and no one Mm -hmm. understands what we're going through. And I found that my siblings and I felt very alone because they were the only ones that understood what it was like to be a child of this kind of relationship. And I should have mentioned my parents had divorced just as I was going into college. And so this was, you know, a few years after that. So there's just so many things that we were navigating together. And I did not realize how many parallel parallels there were to other people. And so when I shared about that and specifically in another podcast, more details, I just couldn't believe how suddenly the world felt so small in such Mm -hmm. a beautiful way that other people as complex as relationships and trials and struggle can be those common threads that you hear in each other's stories bind you. And you're just like, Oh my gosh, even that smallest piece that feels like my story that I know that you went through too, didn't make it feel as lonely. And it wasn't even that we were sharing necessarily advice or what I did or um, what I found to be helpful, though I shared some of that. Simply knowing that other people had walked a similar path was enough to make to, mm-hmm. to for me to believe that like, okay, there is a light at the end of this tunnel and I can have hope in this relationship that I want to continue to have with my dad. And as he works hard on the other side, I can work hard here. And this earth side, heaven side thing has just become so real to me that both that the relationship can strengthen even on either side of the veil. That was a big turning point for me of just choosing to share (laughs) what it is. And it's not for everyone. I will say, um, being so vulnerable and sharing. And I know Corinne, you have so much experience with this with two of just sharing sensitive topics, um, is not easy, but if, if it feels right, And sometimes the timing will come. Sometimes it doesn't feel right at a certain time and it feels right later. When we're in tune with that, it makes so much sense, hindsight of why we feel inclined to share those things that we go through. Yes, totally. And what you're saying about not feeling alone, I Mm -hmm. totally agree. That's key. That is ministering. That is the gospel of Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ is loving others and mourning with those that mourn and comforting those that stand in need of comfort, because that is for sure one of Satan's tricks is to make you feel like, oh, you are what we call in recovery, terminally unique. You know, you are, you are alone. You are the only one experiencing this. And especially with anything that has to do with shame or like you said, a double life or an addiction or something that's just not pretty, especially in Mm -hmm. a community where we really celebrate trying to be perfect, trying like that is the goal is to strive for eventual perfection. And even though I think we are getting better as a community, as a whole at embracing different people's ugly sides and that everything isn't perfect. It's something that I think generationally, especially that's, that's just been something that I think a lot of people feel like I have to put on the front. I have to show only my good side. I have to, the only way to fit in with this like really perfect seeming community Mm -hmm. is to also appear perfect. And that's just not true. There's basically 
everyone sitting in church is there because they actually really need it. Otherwise, we wouldn't even need to go to church. You know, right? I think that that connection and having someone here. Oh wow, this happened to her, and something similar happened to me too. Or maybe it's not completely similar, but there are common threads that make people feel like, okay, I'm not alone in this. That I think that's such a gift, and I think that. And going back to something you said a minute ago, too, where you talked about how it's so much time out of your busy schedule and running a business and Mm -hmm. having kids to do these like weekly studies and the general conference prep sessions and everything. I really believe that you, this is what I just think is that probably (laughs) your, a lot of your success in your business is coming because you are willing to sacrifice in those ways as well, you know? Mm. And I think that the Lord meets us with those sacrifices and with those when we're willing to give the things that really matter most, where it's really going Mm -hmm. to bring people to Christ or help people to stay on the path a little bit or get a little bit closer to God. Or like, those are the real meaty people things that actually matter in this life. I really believe that when we prioritize those things and really put a lot of heart into it, like you talked about, that he matches that a lot of times with the other efforts that maybe we would be otherwise putting our time into, at least for me, that I just feel like so much of our success has come only because we've been willing to prioritize these other things. So I just, I feel that and see that. And I'm not trying to be like weird or prophetic or anything, but it just, <laughs> it just seems like that's something that um, because you are willing to, you know, make that sacrifice that it just seems like your efforts have been expanded, you know? Yes, that is a beautiful point that I feel I need on my computer screensaver <laughs> to remind me <laughs> because it's it's so true and I need to remember that more often that it's 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 putting the Lord first. It's that simple concept that we in fact I just read a quote and I won't quote it perfectly but it was something like we chase after what we want so bad and for me that's chasing after these products and just wanting to see them in real life and and they said, if you chase God as much as you are chasing those things that you want, you'll find that you always have more than you need. And mm. I think that's exactly right. Where it's like we, when our priorities are set to where God is first and we begin our days with Him. And even it's funny, even in just the day to day, I noticed the smallest differences where even today felt a little bit better than most. And I, and it, I hadn't been very consistent in my spiritual practices and rhythms, but yesterday I made the smallest effort. Like it was so small, but I did something. And today I've just had a prayer of gratitude of like, thank you for noticing. Like I did one small thing and it felt magnified tenfold. Like even to the point of recording this podcast, it just was like, wow, like we underestimate what he needs to bless us. Like he just, even the smallest things that we are aware of him and we turn to him and we recognize that putting him first is important. He just pours out the blessings and it's amazing how often we forget that, but it's just because the adversary is working hard too and can't blame ourselves for it, but yes. Well, that's so true for me as well. I told you right before we started recording this, that this was completely a tender mercy and answer to prayer that you were happened to be available. I happened to be available. And it was the timing also that, I mean, just a few hours before that, I was thinking, 
I don't know what we're going to do. I think for the first time ever in three plus years, we might have to skip a week because it was just not working out for Neil and me to record an episode. He's going through a lot personally and there's just a lot going on. So it wasn't going to work out. And I was like, what am I going to do? And then the Lord just provided and was like, here, this is the perfect person. And, and this would help her and be a blessing to her and be a blessing to you. And I just feel like the Lord totally works that way where it's like, Mm -hmm. if the more we can trust him, the more he can be like, here you go. I've got this. I'll work it all out. listening to I don't know if you've seen this at all but we have been kind of partnering with this guy in oh. Ukraine who is yes. his name's Andre and he's he feeds like thousands of people every week and so we've just facilitated gathering donations and sending them to him so I'm in contact with him a lot but he on one of his lives last week he talked about how he was really stressed because he they were starting to run out of money and I mentioned that on my Instagram and some donations came in but he was starting to feel stressed about it. And then I was trying to get to the bank, but we had all of our team, all of our employees in town last week. So it was really hard for me to like step away and go to the bank because I have to physically go to the bank to wire him money that has come in from mm-hmm. Venmo. And it just kind of was like not working out, not working out. I was trying my best. I was like texting him saying, I'm I'm really trying to make this work. And I promise I'm going to get to the bank as soon as I can. And then he texted me back and said, you know what? The Lord provided for us and we're gonna, we're just fine for this week. And then he explained the wow. whole thing of how this grant that he had applied for like weeks ago, like at the beginning of the war, like 10, nine, 10 weeks ago, something like that just came in last week. Like right when he was feeling like, okay, Heavenly Father, if you want me to keep doing this work, I need you to work it out for me. And then the grant just showed up and came through. So it perfectly just overlapped and kind of kept him going until I could make it to the bank to send him the next transfer. And it's just amazing to me how he he has such simple faith where he'll just be like, the Lord will work mm-hmm. it out. And we've seen that so many times where these miracles have happened yes. to make it possible for him to get money over there and to be able to feed people and keep people alive, literally, who, because the only people left in Ukraine right now where he lives are people who cannot physically get out. So like people who have disabilities or people who are too old and everybody else who's like young and able-bodied, they're out of there. So it's really like a life-saving thing that he's been able to do. And it's just so cool to see that it's like, like you and I were talking about a second ago, just when it's really important that the Lord just works it out. Yes. Oh, he's in every detail. That is so cool. I'm grateful yeah. for that little update as I haven't been following this closely. That is so neat. Yeah, it, it was really awesome to see that this week. And then just even this podcast today working out. So mm-hmm. I would love to spend a minute on your table book and what inspired that and why why a table book? Okay, great question. And it's a fun segue, just having shared a little bit about my dad and in, a, in so many ways, it's kind of an honor to him and mm. what, and the good that he blessed myself and my siblings with, because there was that. And that's what I'm having to learn is, is uh, there, there, I know so many of us have people in our lives that 
unfortunately brings so much love and joy and can also hurt us. And sometimes it's only up to us to choose to remember and focus on the good as much as we can. And even if boundaries need to be set or whatever, I just have learned that to keep such positive memories of my dad close to my heart, I want to honor him and pass those on to my kids. And so that I can do that in, in, and at the same time, you know, learning from him and his struggles and mistakes and how I can honor that. It's funny that this book was just one simple way that I really felt like I could bring something tangible to the lessons that he instilled in myself and my siblings. And growing up, we were always outside and outdoors and not even, not just, you know, backyard, but we would go way up into the mountains and into the wilderness and go on long, long drives and just try and get out of cell range and to where we couldn't see any buildings. And that was just his favorite thing to get us out of that. And being a parent now, I just totally understand why, because you see how fast your kids grow up and you see them get connected to so many different worlds and you just want so bad to kind of take them and escape to a place where you have them to yourselves and you're just this little family. And, and those, the fondest That's such memories a pure I way have. Of thinking of it. Cause I was thinking, yes. Oh, she's going to go into like, when your kids start being crazy, I'm always like, get out of the house. We got to get out of the house. We got to get everybody outside. Once yes. you're, once they're outside and they get some energy out, then they're so much easier, but yes. that is a much more pure and beautiful way to think of it. than <laughs> like, we got to get everybody out of the house. For sure. Well, and it probably comes later in life too, when it's less of the energy, but like, man, when that technology comes and your kids mm-hmm. are just wired to their phones, like my oldest is six, so we're not there yet, but I anticipate it not getting any easier with that whole battle. We have just found that retreating to nature and being in God's creation has just brought so much peace and serenity to my life. And that's something my dad instilled in us. This idea came this is something that I've just known and grown up with, but I didn't understand the magnitude of it. Cause I would always roll my eyes at my dad when he would, you know, always bring it back to God and make us notice even on the ski lift, all the different creations. And we're just like, really here, dad, we're, <laughs> we're competing or it's the ski race or whatever. And it just, he loved to bring it back to its root of God's creation. And about, let's see, it was like two, two years ago on earth day that we shared a post that I kind of started to share these things of like these lessons that my dad helped us notice in nature and the post went nuts and it was reshared so, so many times. And I thought, gosh, I think people really love this concept as much as I do. And this is the tip of the iceberg for these lessons that we can discover in our earthly home. I told my team at that point, and I said, just start thinking and noticing these lessons. And I wonder if we could fill a whole book one day or even come up with 52 so that we had like a weekly thing. We didn't know Mm. what it was going to be yet, but we started brainstorming and started jotting them down. And then just in the past year, we really started to work hard and start to structure it as a table book. And then there will also be a card set that is kind of a companion to it. But the, the reason behind it is just, to remind us that when this earthly home of ours was created, it makes me feel like he, there's so many things God provided for us. And we talk so often about his son and the atonement and the structure of the church with the leaders and how we are so blessed to have such guidance that oftentimes 
I overlook even from the very beginning when he was creating this earth, he wove into it these timeless truths and life lessons Mm -hmm. and these nuggets that just often get forgotten because it takes someone to truly notice them and for a, a slower pace. And that's something that's important to me too, that I think the world will only get crazier. It will only get faster and mm-hmm. more chaotic and, and things like technological advancements and everything just is going to be focused around immediate gratification and, mm-hmm. and all of that. The more I can help my kids learn that what we, when we can get back to what is raw and what is real and what is still so pure, I think there is so much to be noticed in these super small little concepts like seasons and the leaves changing colors. And what does that teach us about change that it's necessary and that it can be beautiful. And like the crazy nature phenomenons that you see of like the smallest little roots breaking an entire boulder in half because of its persistence and these waterfalls that let go of this big weight. And there's so many things. And so when the team and I started talking, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is a whole thing. We're going to fill a whole book with this. So we did. And we even brought in some writers to dive deeper um, into 12 of the lessons. And so there are 12 essays in there that even just dive deeper into the kind of doctrine of it all and how it is backed by scripture and different teachings of these certain lessons that we find all throughout nature. We created the book and one blessing that helped it come to life was my sister is actually a photographer and videographer and her being raised by the same dad, you know, had the same Mm -hmm. love for nature and the outdoors. So she had just a library of gorgeous photography. And so she came in and helped fill almost half of the images of the book to help portray these lessons. That's when it felt like it could be more than, you know, an article in a magazine, but it can have the imagery to support an entire book. When you ask why a table book, it's funny. I love interior design and home decor and I Mm-hmm. put value on a beautiful home. I do. And, and but I always just kind of laugh at when I want to buy table books and these beautiful books that sit on your coffee table. And I know I will never open it. I just think that it looks <laughs> really pretty. <laughs> right? Totally. There. Although you got to be careful with that. I learned the hard way. Your kids will open it. And one time oh. I, one of my kids opened a book that had some stuff in it that I was like, Oh my gosh, I've never even opened this book <laughs> up. I didn't know that was in there. Let's throw it away. So, um, your kids will look at it, you know, that is bored. so funny. <laughs> yeah. Such a good point. So we thought, well, if we can create something that's beautiful, like these table books that mm-hmm. we see that yeah. might actually get opened because they have mm-hmm. such rich content in there. And we also, because our company is based so much around the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we're so grateful for that focus, but it, it's also a very niche market. I recognize mm-hmm. like it is a small population we're grateful to find products like this that can start to reach a little bit more. And it's maybe not as specific to the church per se, but it feels very Christian. And it feels very just, if you believe in God and you believe that he created this earth, like it will resonate with you. And I love that. Because and that goes beyond there. even just Christianity. That's almost. Yeah, every... And that's true. Yeah. And that's true. Yeah it's a common ground that we can find with so many people around yes. us, whether or not they can see eye to eye with the specifics of our religion per se. We were like, well, that's so, it's so giftable, or maybe it will spark a conversation because it's out in your home and on a coffee table and people want to ask more about it. And just, it feels good to connect with people on that level. And I'll say too, it's something that is 
you can't deny it. It's one of those things that as much as this world and the adversary is trying so hard to push God out of the equation and out Mm -hmm. of the picture and science is trying to prove him out of it left and right. I feel like going back to nature and the creation of this world and those phenomena, you just can't even hardly explain. It is so powerful to go back to those and recognize that how else can this be here, you know, without the handiwork of an almighty being. Even my husband was just telling me that one of his best friends growing up wasn't a member and they just had such a fun, fun relationship. They were always out exploring deep, deep, deep into the back country. And his friend Mm -hmm. often would say, do you ever just feel like you just feel, and it was hard for him to put into words, but one time he used the word religious. He said, do you ever just like want to feel religious out here? (laughs) And my husband was just like, of course, because it's just in so many ways, it's the closest that you'll get to God when you can find that solitude or that quiet. And I know that's a common thing for people to feel that that is where they can go to feel close to God as it is in nature. And it doesn't have to be on the summit of a mountain. Not everybody can do that with where they live or the time that they have, but even like in your garden and recognizing just the beauty of growth and things like that can have the same effect, but just life and the beauty and the intricacy of different things is just like, wow, there's something much bigger than all of us here. And that's what I hope that this book kind of reminds us of. Yeah. I love that you have made this focus on creating and, you know, God's creations, because it's been interesting for me to go through having an account where I talk about religion and talk about spirituality and talk about my belief in not just our church, but also in God and in Mm -hmm. a savior. And at first I feel like I took the gung-ho flood the earth with the Book of Mormon approach, which I still (laughs) love, but it was really interesting working with the church digital missionary department and their, some of their initiatives where they were like, if people end up discovering our church from this, that's great. But really, we just want people to think about Jesus at Christmas time, or we just want Mm. people to think a little bit about Jesus during Easter. That's all we want is just for people to shift their focus just a little bit. And what I think is so cool about what you're doing is that it goes even beyond just, like I said, Christianity. I've really deeply appreciated being able to study the Old Testament this year because that's one thing I have in common with my friends Mm. who are Jewish because, you know, they also believe in all of those same teachings, which includes the creation of the world. I agree with you that it, there's really something about that, about nature, about looking at all of God's beautiful creations and just feeling connected to him and connected to a greater purpose. And that in all the chaos of the world and all the changes and feeling like there's very little stability in how life works Mm -hmm. and how life worked when we were kids and Mm -hmm. gas was a dollar per gallon and now it's (laughs) a million dollars a gallon and things that just change over and over that that's unchanging the beauty of the earth and nature and what a cool thing to focus on. Mm-hmm. Okay, my last question for you is if there's one message that you want the person listening to this to remember, what do you want that one message to be? Oh, I love that question. I would say, probably because this is what I would say to myself, because I need this reminder often, 
is to truly never underestimate those small efforts. And I feel like too often we overcomplicate it and we want to believe that it is and well, and the adversary is the one that will tell us the lies that it must be perfect. It must be grand. It must be every single day. It must be long. It must be deep. You need to have a spiritual aha moment every time you crack open the scriptures. And I've just <laughs> learned that that isn't so, and that every effort counts, even when it is a small verse. And when it is a heartfelt prayer that was in your car out loud, nearly screaming in tears because you're frustrated, but it's, it's those that still count and it doesn't have to look like what we think that it might look like for our neighbor or what we believe that it should. I feel like the adversary gets that dang should word into our vocabulary and we get stuck with it and we try Mm -hmm. to fit this mold or this stereotype. And I just believe that our heavenly father and Jesus Christ want us and exactly how they created us to come to him in are very real and honest form. And sometimes that is so simple and is such a meager effort, but when it's there and we're consistent with just the effort itself, then it doesn't have to be a long, perfect grand gesture, but it is, it is showing him that we are showing up every day. And I'm just amazed that when I do that without fail, he shows up for me tenfold. And I believe that so wholeheartedly. I believe that's true too. So I'm going to, I'm going to be thinking about that. The small and simple things. Mm-hmm. Where can people find you Rio if they want to follow along with your studies and buy the beautiful table book or some of your magazines or your study guides for general conference? Where can they find all of that? Yes. Um, our Instagram is just at work.and.wonder. We're right there and all the links are there. Our website is shopworkandwonder.com and our table book. So this is our first ever table book. We're so excited and it will launch on May 19th. And we're excited because we have um, about 125 that are in hand right now that we're hoping you guys can get your names on them so that they can be in time for Father's Day because sometimes fathers are hard to shop for. And because this is an honor of my father, I just felt like, oh, this is perfect. I want people to have this opportunity to gift it um, to them or to anyone that has that love. So that is when that launches and goes live, but everything else is there and on the website. Then then our weekly newsletter, you'll see a link to join that too on our Instagram. And that's just been so fun. That is a simple Sunday morning email from me and my silly little honest thoughts (laughs) from general conference, but it keeps us connected and it keeps us feeling like we are trying and studying together each and every day. I love it. Okay. When we'll link to all of those things in our show notes, but thank you again so much for doing this today. This was such a gift to me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for letting me share. It was such a pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mint Arrow. Subscribe to our Apple podcasts and rate and review us if you like us. And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast. And you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox. And we'll email you every time there's a new episode.